Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is the Tech Brother here. Hopefully, you like my new uh, intro. I'm trying to play around with some things. So, it is uh, May 17, 2023. It's about a quarter till four Hawaiian Standard Time. Sorry, I've had a little small hiatus, but um, we've been uh, having to take care of some personal issues, so I haven't uh, been near my gear enough to uh, uh, to do a good podcast for you, like without there being static noise, all that stuff. So I apologize, but I'm here. Let's do it. We're going to talk about a, a little fun topic of mine. So for all my nerds, here we go. We're going to get into some of this stuff. Data. We all love it. We all hate it. I love it. I love working with data. So the name of this one is going to be data first because you need to think that way in terms of uh, when you're doing your projects and whatnot. So many people like to start with the UI, but I kind of frown against that for many different reasons, and I'll kind of explain that, and I'll cover those. So hopefully it makes sense. It'll be a good one, I'm quite sure. So, so here we go. Before I get in, though, I, I kind of want to give kind of an, an outline, a background, like for what I've done in my career. Like I said, I've, I've been in IT for over 25 years now, and I've done a lot of everything from front-end development um, and presentation logic and back-end stuff all the way to the database, to business logic, hooking into database, entity framework, and SQL Server, and consuming APIs, other types of of things like that, right? So on on almost many projects that I've worked on against my own want, so many people um, want to start with the UI. And I cringe when I hear that for many different reasons. And the first one is basically, you know, when you're talking uh, to the business, your end users, and they want, let's say, a brand new web application or desktop app or something, Something that they need to that they um, that they need to input into any type of information, right? That's going to get saved into some type of backend database. <coughs> when you let a UI drive your requirements, number one, off the bat, you are instantly limiting yourself to to the potential that could be. So many people don't know how to sit down and and use old school UML or database uh, notation and lay out their databases, relationships, all that stuff, and get a good understanding of, you know, what does your data look like? I think we're so, I think we're into an uh, age, which I'm happy about, it's cool, but we're into this age where so many people want to think about having a pretty UI. They are, They already are at the customer experience, user experience, without even talking about the business experience. What are you trying to achieve, right? Are you able to? Are you, are you able to? To accommodate the requirements in a fashion that you can capture all of the data elements uh, that you need, like input. Maybe there's something that you got to extract from another source, or maybe there's files uploading. There's all kind of things, right? Just you need to understand what's the inputs into the system or any type of automation. That's first and foremost. With your database administrator or DBA or just whoever, um, uh, your data analyst, you want to lay out a plan. While 
we know it's hard for you to look forward and try to and try to make a good understanding of of uh, of what the data and the solution will look like in the future. You have to try to think about things in terms of you don't want to be too restrictive in how you're allowing input into your system. Because if you do that, the first thing that you do, right, is you're going to limit what you can show on these blocks. But at the same point, you also want to make sure that you don't just force feed in what's on the UI into the database if things aren't normalized, if things aren't dimensioned properly. You could have a nice a little table like today that does what you want it to do. Let's say tomorrow the business comes back. We want to do something else now. We want you to still do what you're doing, but now we want to store this information and that information also. Maybe it's not normalized and has no bearing on the data that's in that table. Maybe there's a key, a foreign key off somewhere else that a store is totally different data. Whatever the reason is, right? <coughs> Laying out a decent schema up front um, and taking in like the properties of normalization, first, second, and beyond, making sure that it's relational. Friends, stop using raw text for keys. Use something system generated, some type of ID field, even SQL Server. You can use auto number. I'm not sure right off the bat, right off what it is like for MySQL, but most of them and Oracle, all of them, they have some type of auto sequencing. Use that. You can use that ID as a pointer to point back to that particular information in that row to then branch out and make other types of relationships off of that. When you start to do things off of what I call the common data, like name, um, age, you know, um, uh, what else? Like if, like if there's a product, a product name, like if there's anything of a name associated, just free text. You don't want to use that for keys, especially if you're allowing a UI and the end user like can change that. What happens if they go in and they change that common data? Now, all of your relationships are whacked out. And I know for some of you are like, dude, really? This is common 101, but some people don't get it. I think we're just in a rush because we have all these tools and all these things that are building our UI for us. And some of them do a good job. Kind of like ORM, object relational mapping, where you identify your object. This goes back to the UML days as far as I'm concerned. Unified modeling language, but look it up. But when you when you have an understanding of what your objects uh, look like, right? And this is gonna come from understanding, sitting with business and talking about what is it that they want. Coming up with your objects first is the best thing. Because just because you create an object, let's say house, you may not necessarily be able to save the whole object in the same table. There may be aspects of a house, right? So you're obviously going to have some side tables like for that. There's going to be things that are directly related to house, but maybe not normalized in the same manner as, as something that is a top level. Like uh, you have a room. Cool, you have a room. But with inside of a room, you can have what? And not every room, like you have a kitchen, you have a dining room, you have a living room. There's aspects in those rooms that are different than the idea of a room. One has a dining room table in it, one may have a sofa, one may have a bed, right? So there's things that you have to sit down and talk about 
and consider. Laying out those objects really helps. You can get kind of a hierarchy of what it is that you're trying to capture. Understand it from that standpoint. Once you have that, then you can start cooking with a little bit of gas. Then you can take that object and start to relate it and break it down into, into, into its smaller parts. Just like what I was talking about with the room house analogy. So at this point, you may have one object. You may have, let's say, a primary table, a parent table that may have a bunch of child uh, tables now. Have a primary uh, key, obviously, on the primary table, but all of the child tables may have a foreign key. right? And then those records in those tables may also have their own ID if you want to go down even further. Proper layout, proper normalization, right? Things that make common sense for the data elements that are being stored in that table. So many people don't do that because we're in a rush to write apps. And then we get going, we write the apps, and then now we want to extend the app a year or two later, and we can't. Then we wind up writing spaghetti code. God, I love it. I know all of my developers are rolling their eyes. We know what's coming. We know what's coming. But we tried to tell them, but they just... So then it's like you're trying to... You're trying uh, to stuff a, a round peg into a square hole at this point. You're trying to go back in and you're trying to, you know, um, you're trying to retrofit your schema, right? You're trying like to retrofit uh, your schema to fit their uh, new requirements uh, that are coming in rather than you, you add new new fields and whatnot to kind of accent what you already have, right? So you already have a table structure uh, that makes sense. Maybe there's a couple of fields that make sense to put in one of these child tables. Put them in there. Or maybe there's a couple that don't. Make a new table. I've seen, friends, I've, I have seen tables. <laughs> I think the longest one that I've seen, I think it was like probably a hundred and something columns wide, it was bad. No normalization, everything was flattened. So when it came down to making, oh, sorry, and it was stored in a relational database. Yeah, so for those that are trying to actually make sense of the data, before you can even do anything, you gotta unflatten it. So that means ETL code, extract, transform, load code into other systems, maybe possibly, or into other structures or tables on the same database so that you can see things and work with things in a, in a better normalized fashion. Especially when it comes down like to one or many. I've seen so many people do many of one object with different aspects all in the same page. So instead of just having one row, you have like a hundred rows that actually mean the same thing, but one field is different. I'm like, goodness, goodness, goodness. So at some point, if you continue to like only add on to the UI first and then a database is kind of an afterthought, eventually what you're gonna have is you're gonna have a solution. It's gonna look like probably circa 1985 Windows uh, 3.1 application. <laughs> That's just gonna have a whole bunch of buttons everywhere, a whole bunch of weird toggles and things that just don't look aesthetically pleasing to an end user. It's just not. 
There's way too many. There's way too many cogeneration object uh, mappers and different things out there that we that we should already. Well, we should have figured out that you know we need to do things proper, especially in a day and age where there is a lot of exchange of information. With the advent of APIs now, all of the B two B and uh, the C two Bs, all that, or peer to peer, you know, all that stuff. I mean, our whole society, from a data standpoint, and how we exchange information is just buck wild crazy. It's it's awesome. I was born in '79, and when I started to understand data. It was really mundane. I mean, we would share data, but a lot of stuff was offline, right? If you wanted something, you had to go and generate it and put it on Green Bar or do something, and people had to analyze it. More and more now, there's people being phased out for these automated processes. And so it would behoove you to try to jump into the new century here and try to at least look into doing some things more normalized, more relational-based. Like it's one thing to put a flat table in a relational database. Okay, that's anybody can do that. Okay, but it's another if you actually take the time, segment things out, and create these tables in a manner that makes sense to then make your, if it's an application on the front end, web or desktop or whatever, or just if it's a straight database, is to make it more scalable, so that when you have these requirements that come down the pipe, that it's easier for you to go ahead and implement them. You're not gonna have all of these. Oh well, I gotta do. Oh, I gotta do this too. Oh, and this and that. Spaghetti code galore. Just to try to implement like requirements. And I work for many people. And when you look at these solutions, they're beautiful on the outside. But when you get in and you look at it, man, the solutions are crap. Why? Because they just decided to take a shortcut. Time is money, right? But the way that I look at it is, you know. And this is another podcast, but I at least have to mention it here is that while I do understand the concept that time is money, what I also understand is that there is a lot of good in actually laying out a project plan. There is good in laying out um, a storyboard, talking about the pie in the sky, where you want to go with this, right? Up front, before you even bid anything. Not to say that you're going to create all that. Because you obviously need to start, as you know, like uh, talk about your requirements, get those nailed out. Keep talking through that, then understand how the data that's going to flow into these requirements and whatever and logic, how that's related. I identify all of your data elements, you know, and then at that point you can start to kind of mash up some things on the database side and play around and then tinker, right, and see what makes sense. But the more people that actually Take more stock in understanding the requirements up front, business requirements, and then laying out their database. I'm telling you, nine out of ten times, you have you have a uh, you have a solution that's scalable, not just for a couple of major versions, but for a lot longer. I've written code in the same manner that's still in production at many places where I where I work. And people are appreciative of that because when it comes to them trying to make things scalable. They're able to actually use, this is kind of an object-oriented thought process here, but you're able to kind of look at what you have, your base, inherit off of that, extend that, and go from there. And when you write code that way, right, you'll see less spaghetti and you'll see more things that make sense. 
you'll see that when these requirements are coming down, how they make sense to the backend logic, where you can put things in. Having a pattern, obviously, would help. Having a pattern if you're going like, like uh, to develop code, a pattern for how you're going to do things on the presentation layer, um, things on the business logic layer, the data layer, network layer, all that, that makes sense as well. But just trying to get a fundamental understanding of the data, that right there will help you, number one, understand from a data standpoint, what do you need? Size of your data, you know, the different things that you may need in and around a database. Purging, retention, all that stuff, you know. It'll also help you like to understand, okay, this data is stored over here. In terms of security, be security minded, right? Start laying out your architecture now. Okay, how can I get from the business logic layer over to this data layer? Now you can start having those discussions, right? You, you systematically start from the data and work your way out. Once you can identify that from an application standpoint, then you can start looking at, okay, now that I know that I have my data layer here and my business layer here, okay, exchange of data. Uh, obviously, from the business layer down to the data layer is probably going to be some type of entity framework, possibly, or maybe we're going to uh, go old school with the, uh, let's say, collections and classes, a bunch of local objects or something like that, right? I mean, whatever it is that you want to do there, right? And then after that, you know, when you get an understanding of that, and all this started from understanding your object. At this point now, now your object, which you started with, you're able to devise and understand what your database should be. Now you're working with your object again. Now you're inside of your business logic. So at this point now, now you can start to branch out more, right? You can get into your presentation logic or into the presentation layer, understanding all of the bells and, and whistles and switches and different things that you now need. Why? Because you understand your data requirements, one. Two, you understand your data. So three, you can give a more healthier, healthier customer experience. Because now the data that you're sending back, whether it's the raw uh, main data that you're reporting on or just whatever, just lookup data, whatever it is, when you get and push that up to the UI, now you can work with this data in a more functional sense. You have objects that help to support that data that you can pass up. Maybe you're passing it as XML, maybe you're passing it as JSON, whatever. At this point, you have a structure. So now you have a quote-unquote contract from the data layer up to the business logic layer, up to the presentation logic layer, up to the presentation layer UI. Had you started with your UI, right, then you would start now, but then you say, and so now here's what you don't want to do. What I just said is what you want to do. What you don't want to do is start at your UI. You lay out the screen, you know, all this stuff, cool. Then you go through and create an object that is going to be, or objects that are going to be based upon all that, cool. After that's done, then you're going to start like to dig into your presentation logic. Okay, so what do I do here? <coughs> How do I control all of all of the controls on the uh, UI, right? Uh, what are you going to use, right? Then, and so all of that stuff is is a fine, because you know if you do mockups, that's cool. That's what it's for. But once you but once you step foot from presentation logic into the business uh, layer, that's where things get kind of hairy. On the first version, it's not a big deal because you have a clean slate, you have a clean canvas, right? So you're starting off and you're doing your thing. A and you're writing all the code. Good. 
and, and you know, and then at that point, well, now you're going to write all of uh, your business code. Cool. Then you're going to write all of your data code. Cool. It's so cool. Let's say now you come back next phase. You add some more logic. Maybe you're not really in deep yet. So you do it the same way. You go from UI all the way down to database. Cool. Sometime down the line, now you come down and now there's a fundamental shift and change. Let's say for all intents and purposes, you were creating a mortgage rate pricing application. You started with a UI. You're capturing all these things, right? Cool. Rapid development, like waterfall, or whatever it is that you want to do. Now you have to change how you go about calculating the rates. So because your schema wasn't necessarily thought about first, right? First thing that the first thing uh, that you're going to have to do is you're obviously going to have to create new tables, right? If your tables are not created in a normalized sense, now you're going to have a lot of different elements and tables that you don't need. This is where it starts. And then let's say for this major phase, you go through, you make your change, you add another table that links off of the main table, and then you're good to go. Great. You come back in. The more you keep extending this code, the harder it's going to be. Because you didn't think object first. You didn't think data first. You thought UI first. There could be some uh, some fields, columns, or different things that you're missing that you assume that you needed because you're tracking them on the UI, but you really don't need them down in the database. So now you're tracking stuff really that's presentation-specific in your database versus having your data actually help define how your presentation should act. There's a difference there. Big difference. S and, and now from that point forward, you're going to consistently keep adding uh, things in. And eventually your database is going to get like to a point where you're going to get pissed off and start yelling like, ah. And then you're going to have millions and millions of rows of data. And now you're going to be like, we just got to rewrite. Well, why do you have to rewrite? You shouldn't have to. Well, because we can't, we can't what? We can't accommodate a total shift in how we're collecting the data. Why not? You should be able to. Had you not created a rate table that has all uh, that has everything in it. You know that you got to understand what the base of a rate is, right? What are you rating? What's the service? Potentially, let's say mortgage. Let's say it was escrow fees. But now, let's say there's a different type of fee. It's not escrow. The escrow fees work different because when you collect money, then it gets stored in an account, and then that account gets used later when you close, right? But let's say that uh, these are ongoing fees for helping, let's say, I don't know, the real estate agent is helping you to do something uh, with the house, right? Maintenance fees or something like that. Well, those aren't necessarily, those don't necessarily function in the same manner that escrow fees do. Maybe these are more maintenance fees. These are things that are collected and they need to be uh, used like right away or saved right away. You know, well, that's different because... Uh, the business logic, like for escrow, is different. You keep it, hold it for some other time, and then you utilize it then. That's going to take business code like to do that. But you didn't think that far down. So now you have a solution that's kind of half-baked, happens all the time. You didn't sit down and talk long enough to understand what it is that you really want to do. And regardless of if you start with data first or UI first, this is another podcast, but I will say this. you got to sit down and talk. You got to sit down. You got to talk about what it is that you're trying to achieve in layman's terms with your developers, with your business analysts, with your PMs, with everybody. Talk about it. 
talk about it. Let the brains and the brain trust start working and collecting information and understanding how we should go about achieving this. Every organization is different. The way you do things in your organization may not necessarily be the same way that that person over there in the same industry does business and so on and so forth. So when you start with the data, you can personalize your solution and it can be more for you instead of trying to compare with the likes of other people that have a product from a UI perspective and then you fall into the trap of having a database that can't support your UI. It's essentially what it comes down to. Because when you don't start with the database and you start with the UI, you're asking for having latency issues and performance issues, especially if it comes down to retrieving data. The hits and hops to a database should be quick and harmless because sometimes if it's not written right, you could be pulling chunks of data that you don't need, right? So that's why it really helps from a processing standpoint to understand your data first and then understand the processes of that data, how the data should flow. Not necessarily from, from the UI, but how should the data flow from the business logic into the data layer? And then how should the, you know, and then at that point, how should it flow in the business layer? That's why, friends, starting with data first and starting with your object. Draw out your object. Do it. Old school trick for all my OO guys out there and gals. Draw it out, UML, or even if you just draw out something. This is dog, this is cat, this is pet, this is vet, this is this, right? You can see those correlations, right? If you do that, you're going to be in a better situation than you are now. I guarantee you, you're probably uh, sitting there like, I wish I would have done that. And because you didn't, you didn't take time to sit down and talk about the requirements. You didn't take, you didn't take time to actually sit and understand where is the business going? What are we trying to achieve? Not just now, but in the future. And then trying to build not just the spec, but to build to the future. Now, it can get daunting. You can put a lot of stuff in there, but that's where having a good product manager can help you stay in focus and online, laying out your MVP and your phased approach. That's how you do it, folks. That's how you do it. You know, Like I said, when I first started off, I didn't do this. I didn't really know about this. But I learned from a lot of people. Mr. John Grove, thank you, good sir. He was one of those, he pioneered, he helped me. And, you know, he helped me to understand that correlation of, of, of a data to object and how that object can float in and out. Because at the time we were doing Corva and RMI and passing information from a Java system over to a Windows system and all over the place and, and AIX, I mean, all this stuff, right? So he helped me like to see that. And then, and then, I mean, I've always looked for opportunities to expel in that. Exchange of data should be seamless. It shouldn't take a whole lot of, of a coercing. If you're sitting there trying to talk about how you should, if, if, if you're sitting there uh, trying to figure out how to write code to accomplish something around code that you already wrote, then folks, uh, your design is not good. That's the clear tell sign. And it may not show up right away, like I said, but it will definitely show up soon. So you've got to do what you got to do with these projects, friends. You got to do what you got to do up front and get in front of it. I promise you, if you do that, you'll be in a whole lot better situation. Trust me on that. So with that said, you know, um, I wish all of uh, my data folks and developers happy coding out there. It, uh, 
It'll definitely come to you. The more and more that you write or rewrite, <laughs> the more and more that you're going to sit back and realize, you know, let's do this a different way, friends. One love is always, y'all. This is the Tech Brothers.